Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Genesis chapter 13. Let me read one verse, which is really kind of, we started a series last week, uh, by faith, not by sight. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. So many times today what we find is that people have reversed that. And they're walking by sight and not by faith. Not walking by the Word of God. Not walking with the Lord, you might say. And not walking in faith, allowing Him to, to guide and direct their lives. And so we've taken that and we've actually reversed it. And we're preaching through some different instances in the Bible. And you can go through the Bible. There's many instances where you see the reverse of that verse where People walk by sight and not by faith. Last week we preached about, about Eve. Eve had the very word of God spoken to her concerning the tree. But because of what she saw, she was deceived. What she saw, she was deceived. And she walked by sight and not by faith. And so today we're looking at a man that, a uh, very familiar portion of scripture, but a man that also wound up walking by sight and not by faith. And that walking by sight brought about destruction. Last week we talked about being, that brought about deception. This week we're going to look at where it talks about he, the destruction that was brought because he walked by sight and not by faith. Genesis chapter 13, let's begin reading verse 1. It says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him in the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver and in gold. And when he went on his journeys from the south, even unto Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, unto a place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram and had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I, will take, uh, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered even where, uh, everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from another. Now Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. 
and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, and so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And Abram removed his tent, and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. If you notice there back in verse 10, it will be where we'll take our text. It says, And Lot lifted up his eyes, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Destruction Brought by Sight. And let's pray. Father, we come to you now, and we ask, Lord, that you would meet with us, or we understand that we are weak, but thou art strong. We understand that without you, Lord, that there is no salvation. We understand that without the shed blood of Jesus Christ, no man can be saved. And we thank you, Lord, for that wonderful salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen us and guide us. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. So many times, Lord, we try to figure things out ourselves. We look at things and we figure it out ourselves without even consulting you. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts. There may be somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, their Savior. They're walking through this life by sight. They've never by faith taken you and received you as their personal Savior. So, Lord, I pray that you would deal with their heart and draw them to you this morning. That they might be saved, that they might have eternal hope in Jesus Christ. For this we ask and pray in his name. Amen. Be seated. The Lord had sent Abraham out from his family from his father, and uh, actually his father went with him, and his father died, but he left their kinfolk. Lot is a nephew of Abraham. Abraham's dad and, and uh, uh, Lot's dad were brothers. And so what happened, uh, Lot went with Abraham when Abraham left, and they left the, the family there. And if you go back and do a little study on many of those that they left that was the former family members, you might say, not, not his dad necessarily, but others in the family, they were idol worshipers. And they did not serve the Lord, but Abraham did. And so Lot goes with Abraham, and they're doing well. They, they've been blessed by the Lord. The Lord's used, used Abraham, and, and they're doing real well. After both men have increased now in their, their substance, you might say, their cattle and their sheep and their flocks that they have, they come into this plain where they're at now, and there's not enough, there's not enough grass, there's not enough there for both of them. They, and before long, the herdmen, the, Lot had his own men that took care of his herds, and Abraham had his men that took care of his. They begin to strive one with another. They begin to fight over the, the pasture land, you might say. And they realize that there was not enough pasture land, so it was time to separate. And so Abraham comes to Lot. He said, there's no reason for us to fight. There's no reason for us to get mad at one another. He said, there's plenty of land. He said, let's do this. He said, let's separate. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to allow you to make the choice. If you choose to go to the right hand, I'll go to the left. If you choose to go to the left, I'll go to the right. But I'm going to allow you to do that. I'm going to allow you to make the choice. And so the first thing I want to look at, it all began with a choice. Can I tell you something? Everything in your life begins with a choice. I'm tired of people saying, well, it's somebody else's fault. It's somebody did this, somebody. No, many things in our lives begin with a choice that we make, not what somebody else did, but a choice that we make. 
Now I understand as a child that you may be in your home and so forth and and mom and dad makes the choices for you. But there comes a day when you're on your own and you're going to make your own choices. And those choices are going to direct your life and going to make a difference in your life, not just now, but also for eternity. And so it all began, you might say, with Lot, with a choice that he made here. If you look there in verse 8, it says, And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and, and thee, between my herdmen and thy herdmen, and, for we are brethren. Is it not the whole land before us? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. So, okay, Lot, you make the choice. You look at this and you decide what you want to do, which way you want to go. But you see, Lot's downfall was based upon his choice. He made a choice not on faith, not based upon what God would say, not based upon what uh, the counsel that Abraham would give him, but he made a choice based upon what he saw only, only, based upon what he saw. We find, hey, listen, our lives, and as I said, we're surrounded by choices every day. I don't care who you are, you're making choices every day. It may seem like little things that we don't really, you know, we make a choice of what we sit down and eat. And guess what? It does affect our life. I mean, if I made the choices I'd want to, I'd have homemade ice cream every day. Uh, sweet tea, fried chicken. And um, you'd become visiting me in the hospital while they're trying to get my cholesterol down, amen? And get about four or 500 pounds off of me. But we have to look at our choices. We make choices every day. Our choices will forever affect our lives. Lot had the opportunity, by the way, to succeed. If you look at Lot and you look at Abraham as they went together, Abraham was the older, and Abraham was the one that had the wisdom, you might say. And, but Lot went with him, and you might say that Lot had every opportunity to succeed. He'd watched Abraham handle situations. He'd watched Abraham pray. He'd watched Abraham build an altar. He'd watched Abraham walk by faith. He watched Abraham talk to God. You would have thought that he would have been able to make a choice based on those circumstances like Abraham would have. He had every opportunity to, but he didn't. He didn't walk by faith. He walked by sight. My friend, we have the Word of God. You're sitting here and you have a Bible. Not only do we have the Bible, but we have the Holy Spirit of God that, that works and deals in our hearts and brings conviction and guides us and directs us and, and it gives us understanding to the Word of God. We have every reason, we have every opportunity to succeed in living for the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of people say, well, you just don't know my situation, preacher. You just don't know where I'm at. And can I tell you that with the, with the, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have every opportunity to succeed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that succeed in becoming a millionaire. I'm not talking about succeed in, in, in having some big prosperous business. I'm talking about succeeding in life and living for the Lord Jesus Christ, enjoying what God has for you, enjoying the hand of God, enjoying the presence of God, knowing that God will take care of every need that will ever come in your life. We had that. When you received Jesus Christ, man, you got the whole package, amen? Right. 
But it's up to you whether you're going to open the package or not. You know, you can, for Christmas, you can sit down. And he said, Christmas, that's July. Christmas in July, okay, Christmas in July. You can put packages under the tree uh, for your children and, and for, for loved ones and different ones. But if they never open the package, they never get what's in the package. And so many times as a Christian, we never open the package. God has so much that he wants to do in your heart and life and my heart and life and guide us and direct. That doesn't mean there's not going to be problems. That doesn't mean there's not going to be difficulties. That doesn't mean that you're not going to face some struggles in your life. But the good thing about it, when you face those struggles and face those problems, you can open that package where the Lord said, I'll never leave thee nor forsaken thee. He said, I'll be there with you. He said, is there anything too hard for God? And we can go to Jeremiah 33. 3. You go open that package of Jeremiah 33. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And we could go on package after package and open it that the Lord has provided for us if we would but follow him by faith and walk after him and trust him and allow him to guide and direct our lives. We have every opportunity. But many times today it's because of the choices that we make. You see, Joshua told the people, there when they came into Cain, he said, And if it seem evil unto you sir, to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. He goes on, he tells him, he says, you're going to make a choice. He said, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. He has a choice that he made. Then we can see, I want you to notice here, and, and as I was studying for this, there's two things that popped out about Lot's life. We can see two things missing in Lot's life that you'll find in Abraham's life. Number one, the altar. The altar. You'll never find in the scripture anywhere where it says that Lot built an altar. Never. It's not there. You don't trust me? Check it out. Lot never built an altar. But you can go in there and Abraham was continually building altars wherever he went that he might serve the Lord, that he might worship the Lord. In Genesis 13, verse 18, it says, And Abraham removed his tent. I could back up to where they came to where that altar was that he had built before. That's where they was when they separated. Now Abraham's moving, and he comes to a different place. In verse 18, Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron. And notice what the first thing it looks like it does. And built there an altar unto the Lord. Built an altar. We can go back and you can find different places where Abraham, when he would move from here and he'd move to there, there was two things that you'd find him doing. He would dig a well and he'd build an altar. He'd dig a well and he'd build an altar. He knew that there was the physical need of water in, in their lives. You've got to have water to, to live by. The, the, the herds had to have water to drink. And, and so that was taking care of the physical but the next thing that you find that he is building an altar because he's concerned about the spiritual man. Yes. Too many times today we go and we dig the well, but we don't build the altar. We're always out there trying to, to take care of the physical man and, and what does the physical want and what's the physical going to get out of this and how can I take care of this and, and for me and for me. But my friend, hey, you got to have the altar in your life. you got to have the Lord in your life. you got to have that spiritual walk with God. The sad part is that you never find that in Lot's life. And he was making choices without the altar. Many times in our lives we make choices and we're making it without the altar. 
the altar representing that presence and that, that, that walk of God and, and walking with the Lord and, and seeking after His face, that altar there. The altar is a place to walk with the Lord. It's, it's a place of surrender to the will of God. It's a place uh, to pray and to talk with God, a place of sacrifice to honor God. But like I said, nowhere will you find Lot building an altar. People used to use the altar a lot in churches. We don't see that anymore. You see, we think we've outgrown that. We think that we've surpassed that and we take care of everything in the pew. We take care of everything out someplace else. Can I tell you something? That, that the altar is a place of surrender. It's a place of humbling oneself before the Lord. We need that again in our hearts and lives to find a place. And it might be an old rock altar that you go out in the woods. And I, hey, I'm all for this. Go out in the woods, build you an old rock altar and, and kneel down at that old rock altar and, and pray and seek God. But build an altar. It might be in, it might be in, in, in a place in, in, in maybe a room beside your, beside your bedroom or someplace or the closet where you, where you make a specific place. But you've got you an altar there. What I'm talking about, it's a place where you come and you get before God. We need that. We've got to have that. If we could get the church back to the altar, whether it's this one or an old rock altar or, or just on their knees before God, I'll tell you what, it'll make a difference in this day and time. But too many times we're like Lot. We've, we've left out the altar and we've making our decisions without coming unto the Lord. We'll put in the, you know, we'll say, well, preacher, I, you know, I've got the credit card and I can take care of it. Or maybe we'll say, hey, listen, I'll pay for it later. I'll do this later. And, and everyone's got one. I need one too. And, 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 and we don't need God. We've got the government. What we need is we need an altar again in our lives. Amen. Another thing that you'll find, the second thing that you, that you won't find in, in Lot's life, is you won't see anything about Lot living by faith that's recorded in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible do you see that Lot lived by faith. Yet we find that he was a, a person that walked closely with a man that lived by faith, that walked by faith. And Lot, nowhere. You would have thought that, hey, listen, many times uh, uh, if you have somebody that's so close as what Lot and Abraham was. See, Abraham didn't have a son at that time. Lot was probably the closest thing that he had a son, as a son that he had for a while. And yet, they was together uh, uh, continually, but for some reason, Lot never picked up on that faith, to live by faith. You would have thought that he was saying, you know, Abraham, God's blessed him, and God's using him. And he, I see how he's walking by faith, living by faith, loving the Lord. He's talking about God all the time. I see him out there every morning early, and he's over by that old altar praying. I see him going and making that sacrifice on that altar over there. I, I see him talking to God around that altar. I see that faith in his life that he has in the Lord. Too many times today, Christians aren't living by faith. We're living by what we can do. We find that uh, 
different times recorded about Abraham. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, notice this, out not knowing whither he went. He went by faith. He went by faith, trust in God. Not knowing what was ahead of him, but he trusted the Lord by faith. In Hebrews eleven seventeen 17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up uh, Isaac, and, and, he, uh, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son. And Abraham, taking Isaac, when Isaac was born, I, I was older, and, and took Isaac and, and laid him on an altar. Here's that altar again. Laid him on an altar, and by faith drew that knife out and was going to take his life and offer him unto God. And it was by faith that he was trusting God that God would raise him up. And God provided himself a lamb. A ram that was caught in the thicket. But he trusted the Lord even in the most difficult time of his life to offer his only son unto the Lord. His own son that God said he would raise up a, 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 a nation out of and, and that he would bless him in. You see, the problem is, is that Lot was living by sight and not by faith. Verse 10 says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld he looked. He seen how everything was. He seen how green the pasture land was. He seen how it flourished and how everything was good there and, and, and all that well-watered plain. Can I tell you something? It's a good place to raise your cattle lot. It's a good place to take your herds, but it's not a good place to raise your family. Can I tell you something? Listen to me, you, you adults, you, you moms and dads in here. It may look good, but make sure it's a good place for your kids to be. Make sure it's a well, it may be well watered, but make sure that it's a good place to raise the kids. Make sure that it's not going to fall back and, and, and create problems in your life. We need to make sure that there's more there than just what beats the eye. Too many times today we're only going by sight and not by faith. Consider what living by sight did, though, in his life. And that honestly, it'll do in your life and my life, too, what it does to us. First of all, he looked at the now, not the future. He looked at the right now. He looked out there. He seen those well-watered plains. And bingo, he's thinking, man, my cattle are going to get fat. There's plenty of grass down there. There's, I, I can see the dollar signs ringing up in his eyes and his mind and, and thinking how he was going to flourish. And he was thinking about the now and what he's seen before him. He lifted up his eyes and beheld the plain of Jordan, that it was well-watered everywhere. When you live by sight, you can't see beyond the moment. When you live by sight, you can't see beyond this moment right now. That's why a lot of people don't get saved. They can't see the future. They can't see themselves dying without a Savior. And they're living for the now. They're enjoying life. And Satan's going to make sure that they're going to enjoy themselves and, and going to get th put things in their lives and keep them tied up with this world and get them to live for the now, right now, thinking one of these days I'll take care of that in my life. One of these days I'll get saved. One of these days I'll take care of that. But it's the same thing with many Christians today. We're living by sight, looking at the moment, not thinking about the future, about our children or our grandchildren and, and those around us who need Jesus Christ as their Savior. And one day we'll stand before a, a, an almighty God and give an account of what we've done in this body whether it be good or whether it be evil the Bible says we're living by the moment looking at the moment looking living by sight 
thinking that everything's going to be all right uh, in the end. But see, you, sin and the devil will always paint a pretty picture for you to look at. He never shows you the results of that which will come later. He never shows you, you know, he, he, he shows you all the, the advertisements that really look great and wonderful. He, on, on, the, on the liquor advertisement, he, he shows you the, the man and the woman all dressed and, boy, just having a great time in, in a great place. And, and just, boy, everything seems to be going. They get out of that, that uh, Lamborghini and they, 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 they go in and they, they toast their drinks and everything else. And everything looks so good and so wonderful and so great. When's the last time that you ever seen him advertise with the drunk laying in the gutter, wallowing in his own vomit? The moment is all he shows you. The future, he doesn't want you to see. The moment looks so wonderful to us. When we look by sight, when we look at our lives and we're living by sight, we don't think about the future. Lot lived by sight. He never thought that anything would happen to his family. He never thought he'd lose everything that he had. And John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Satan doesn't want you to think about tomorrow. He wants you to look at today. Oh, everything's rosy today. He doesn't want you to see the storms that, the, that where you're at will bring into your life. And then Lot lingered. Not only did he look, but he lingered. Look at verse 11. Chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and notice it says, Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. When you go through the Bible and you begin to look at Lot and different ones in that day and time, the Bible called him a sojourner. And it's not soul, but sojourner. And to be a sojourner means a, that you have a temporary residence. You're a stranger or a traveler who dwells for just a little time in a place, and then you move on. You're a sojourner. Lot began as a sojourner. So did a Abraham. Abraham was a sojourner. He traveled through, through, throughout his whole life. He was continually on the move. He would move here and he'd move there and he'd live there for a little while. He'd dig a well, he'd build an altar, he'd live there for a while, and then they would move on. He was a sojourner. God began to open up all the land for, for Abraham that he was gonna, that the children of Israel would have one day. But Lot, when he found the good plain, the well-watered plain down there, he, he went from a sojourner. Notice it says that he pitched his tent toward Sodom. He finally left the tent. He no longer was a sojourner moving on and moving around, but now he was a citizen. He went from sojourner to a citizen of Sodom. But wait a minute. He became more than a citizen of Sodom, a place that we know what Sodom was. Sodom was a, uh, the hotbed of homosexuality and, and vileness and wickedness in that city. And I'm not here to preach about that today. I could, but I'm not going to preach about that today. I, I, I'm, we're looking at Lot's life. And if you read on and over in chapter 19, 
you'll find that Lot became a judge. He became like a mayor of Sodom. They would sit out in the, the gates of the city. They become Those who would become judges, they, they would sit in the gates of the city. People would come in and out. If they had a problem, if they had a, 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 a difficulty with somebody or something, they, they would bring the two people. They would come before those that were judges in the gate, and they would present their, 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 their problem or whatever was going on, and he would judge between the two. Lot became a judge. He went from a sojourner to a citizen, to deeply involved in Sodom. You see, a lot of people say, well, I don't think that was fair of God to have Abraham have Lot make the choice. What if what if, what if Lot had chose to go the other direction and, and Abraham had to go to, towards Sodom? Abraham would have remained a sojourner and would have kept on moving because he walked by faith and not by sight. If Lot had walked by faith and not by sight... He would have been down there. He would have fed his cattle and, and herds, and he would have seen how wicked Sodom was, and he would have kept on moving and remained a sojourner. But he, he remained because he, he lived by and he walked by sight, seeing the benefits. Oh, look, at I can, I can sell my cattle here. I, I can become something. I can become a judge, and, and, I can, and people will respect me, and people will think highly of me. I'm, I'm wealthy and, and everything, and he was living by sight. Maybe he even talked to Mrs. Lott and said, Hey, you've been wanting to settle down? Here's a good place. But the Bible says it was an exceedingly wicked place, a place that he shouldn't have been. Not only did he look at the now, but he lingered and he stayed there. Genesis 19.9 says, and they said, and this is the, the wicked men that was talking to him when they, when they come to the door to get those two angels to, to do wicked things with them. Verse 9 says, and they said, stand back. And they said, again, this one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge now. Will we deal worse with thee? He became a judge. He lingered because he thought the only, of only self. And if you go over in chapter 19, you find that he, it's so bad that here he is when they come to take those men to do uh, a wicked, vile things to those men. That he takes, he said, he offers them his two daughters who have never known a man, two virgins. Here's a daddy. How far has daddy went? He's now offering his two daughters that's in the house to these men. Ready to shove them out to an immoral bunch. Lot, how far have you went? You're living by sight and not by faith. You're walking in the flesh and not in the Spirit of God. You're not following the Lord. 
we find that he became captive of his sight. And sin had a hold on him. Can I tell you something today? That when you walk by sight, you'll become captive of it. People who walk by sight many times, we, we see a plague of the pornography in our day and time. When they walk by sight, they become a captive of it. We have kids today, they're watching this ball player and that ball player and this movie star and that singer and different ones and their lives are a mess but they become captivated by what they see and it holds their life and then they're told by these different ones this is okay this is all right things are changed we live in a different day and they're held captive by sight and sin not only did he linger, but Lot lost everything. He lost everything. In Genesis chapter 19, it, it talks about the destruction of, of Sodom and Gomorrah. And we find these two angels that came there in verse 12. It says, And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou uh, here any besides? He said, Son-in-law, thy sons. Thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent, uh, hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake. Now, Lot says, Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, so he at least had two daughters besides the two that was in the house. He may have had more than that. We don't know. It said sons-in-laws. And, you know, as a daddy that's got girls, I've got sons-in-laws. More than one. And he had more than one son-in-law. And so there was more than one daughter. It says, and he spake unto his son-in-laws, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But notice this. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-laws. You see, Lot lost his home. He lost his possessions. But he lost so much more. He lost his influence. And he lost his testimony. And they wouldn't even listen to him. Here he is. He, he's been around Abraham enough. He knows who these men are. He knows that they're angels. He knows that what they're saying is true. And he goes to his sons-in-law and says, listen, I've seen these angels. They're in my home right now, and, and they're come to destroy this place. And, and it says that he seemed as one that mocked. Otherwise, they just, yeah. Yeah. Daddy-in-law, what you been doing, drinking? You, you was out in the sun too long today, wasn't you? He's getting old. He's getting senile. You never said anything about the Lord before. You didn't seem to care before. Didn't seem like a big deal before. You knew how, how wicked the city was. But you lived here. You're a judge here. Yeah, right. If you used to read on, you find that God destroyed that city. And Lot lost those daughters and those son-in-laws. And can I say that just guessing, grandchildren. Grandchildren. Because it was sons-in-laws, and they probably had children, 
and he lost all of them. He and his wife and his two daughters are taken by the hand and they're led out of the city by the angels because they were even he becoming hesitant and, and lingering and, 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 and waiting. And, and so the angels finally said, we can't destroy it till you're out of here. We've already made a promise. And they take them out of there. And, and as they go, <clears throat> he begins to try to bargain with them. Let me go down to Zoar. See, I can't go up into the mountains. Let me go down to Zoar. Zoar was actually one of the cities that was a part of the Sodom and Gomorrah plain. But they said, okay, it's a little city. We'll let you go there. We won't destroy Zoar. They was apparently going to destroy Zoar also. But for his sake, they allowed it. And as they were going, Mrs. Lot turned around, longing maybe for her grandchildren, maybe for her daughters, Maybe for the old lifestyle. Maybe for the things that they had to leave in Sodom because they had to leave in such a hurry. But for whatever reason, and she turned into a pillar of salt. The Bible says that we're to be the salt of the, of the earth. We're to be salt. He says, but also if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith is it, is it good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of man? Folks, today we need Christians who are going to be salty, who are willing to stand and live for God, who's not afraid to tell others about Jesus Christ, who's not afraid to share the gospel, who's not afraid to stand up and say, I put my faith and my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ over anything else, who's not afraid to, to lift up the Bible and proclaim what God has said in the Word of God. Amen. Oh, this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, one of these days you're going to lose everything. Everything. Jesus Christ loved you and me and he came and died on the cross in our place. We owe a sin debt that we can't pay. He paid a sin debt he didn't owe. He shed his precious blood at Calvary. They put him in a borrowed tomb and on the third day he rose again from that, from that, that borrowed tomb. And because he lives, we can live also if we'll put our faith again and our trust in him. Receiving him as our Lord and Savior. Asking him to forgive us of our sins and come into our heart and life and be our Savior. But if you reject that and you live for now. If you walk by sight and, and say, I'll, I'll take care of that one of these days, and, and you linger in this world, and you, and you stay where you're at, and, and, and instead of turning unto the Lord and receiving Him as your Savior, one day you'll lose everything, even your eternal soul. The Bible says, what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? Gain the whole world and lose his soul. That rich man, he built bigger barns, he store up all of his goods he had, and he looked, and he said, man, he said, look at me. He said, look what I've got, and boy, I'm something. He said, I'll sit back, I'll eat, drink, and be merry. I have much laid up for my soul. The Lord says, thou fool, for this night shall thy soul be required of thee. What does it gain you? To live by sight? Nothing. You'll lose. Abraham walked by faith, not by sight. You see, we're living in a day and time when people need to know Jesus Christ, their Savior. 
because things are not what they always appear to be. Genesis 13, 10 says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plain of the Jordan. He looked. And it appeared to be the best choice of land because of looking the other direction. Let's say this is where Sodom and Gomorrah was. He looks down here and says, Man, look at that grass. Look at that. There's got to be running streams down there. And it's good plain. And it's, you know, it's, it's level. And it's not hard to get around. And he looks this direction towards Mamre. And it's a plain that's dry and barren. And there's mountains there. He's thinking, why would I want to go into a dry place and then have to cross those mountains and wander back and forth through those valleys? But can I tell you that things are not always as they appear? What Lot didn't know and what Lot couldn't see on the other side of those mountains. Do you know what's on the other side of those mountains? Do a little geography. It's a place called Canaan. Do you know what Canaan is? People say, oh yeah, that's heaven. No. Canaan doesn't represent heaven. Canaan represents the blessings and the victory of God. And Lot made a choice by what he saw instead of by faith. Didn't look like there's anything over here. But can I tell you, things are not always what they appear to be. So you can't live by sight. You must live by faith. And faith, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. We must live by faith, not by sight. Satan wants you to live by sight, not by the word of God. We need to get back to walking by faith, build that altar, and walk with God in our homes, with our children, with our grandchildren, with our friends, all those around us. Build that altar. Walk by faith. Trust the Lord. If you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, quit looking around and saying, well, nobody else is. No. Satan wants you to think that. He wants to show you the, what he wants you to have. Live by faith. Receive Jesus Christ, your Savior. Walk by faith. Trust Him. Let's bow. Father, we thank You for loving us. Thank You, Lord, for the Word of God. Thank You, Lord, that we can live by faith. There's no reason that we cannot. We can succeed because we have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit of God. We have a God that loves us. And as a Christian, we have Jesus Christ dwelling within us. Dear Lord, I pray that you'd help us to live for you and to serve you and put you first. If there is someone here today, Lord, that doesn't know Jesus Christ, their Savior, I pray that they'd come during this invitation. Let us take a Bible and show them how to be saved. Lord, I pray that every Christian here would determine in their hearts to live by faith, to walk by faith and not by sight, to build that altar.
to walk with God, to live for the Lord, not by sight. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed?